Okay, tonight I want to preach about, give me this. <laughs> you might hear that if you're in the supermarket sometimes and you see mothers with little children, they, give me that, give me this, and they're trying to grab at things and the mothers, you know, they've got very little power these days. Actually, back in the day, you could give them a good swap, but now you just can't touch and you can't say anything because it'll offend. But um, nevertheless, kids still want this and want that. And you know what, not just kids. We do too. We want this and we want that. So I want to preach about that. Uh, last week was uh, we celebrated uh, Pentecost Sunday and uh, we were talking about how when Jesus was going away that he sent, um, he, he, before he went away, he said, I'm going to go and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And when the Holy Spirit has come in Acts 1.8, he said, you shall receive power you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive. And that's what uh, I preached about last week. And of course, that happened. If Jesus said it, it was going to happen. Okay? If he has said it and it hasn't happened yet, it's going to happen. Okay? Because he is truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He is not a man that he would lie. Okay? He is integrity and perfection we can count on everything he says in his word so when he went away and he said you shall receive power they did receive power and on the day of Pentecost when they were all together the Holy Spirit came and he filled them and Peter began to preach uh, like he'd never preached before he was turned into another man by the power of the Holy Spirit and he began to preach a message and it says that day 3,000 were added to the kingdom of God. It was the birthing of the New Testament church. It was an awesome, awesome moment in time. It was a history-making moment. And so he got up and preached by the power of the Holy Spirit, the word of God. And then the other disciples went out and they also began to preach. And one of them was um, Philip. And he went down to Samaria. Remember, Jesus said, you'll receive power and you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and then the uttermost parts. He meant here, there, over there, and then way over there. So over there was Samaria, and Samaria was a mixed group of people where the Jews back in the day had interbred with Gentiles, and so they were like mixture, and they were highly despised. But Philip, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, went down there and preached the gospel. And many of them believed and many of them got saved. So it was proving that the gospel is for everybody. And so he was an evangelist. And he preached and they got saved. And it says the word came to Jerusalem. And then Peter and John came down from Jerusalem. And they were going to pray for the people to be filled with the Holy Spirit also. And so they did. They laid hands on the new believers, the Samaritan believers, and they got filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says, and when Simon, there's a man named Simon there, and he apparently had heard the preaching of Philip, and he believed. And it said he followed Philip, and he was watching all the signs and wonders. And it says this, when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, Peter, Peter and John, it says the Holy Spirit was given. He offered them money. 
And he said, give me this power too. Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Okay? So as you're reading this, he's like, wow, what is this guy saying? I'll pay you if you give me this power. He offered them money saying, give me this. Give me this power. So when I lay hands on people, they'll get filled with the Holy Spirit. See, Peter and John and Philip and all those true believers in Jesus, they weren't thinking, oh, it's me laying hands on people and they're getting filled with the Spirit. They were just thinking, wow, these people are getting filled with the Spirit. It was about them, not them. But for this guy, Simon, it's about him, not them. And so you can see, that's why he's saying, I'll give you money, because I want to be able to do this. And Peter, but Peter said to him, your money perish with you. Well, that's pretty harsh. Because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money? This is righteous indignation. Very strong words. You might think it's a bit harsh, because he's publicly rebuking this man. He said, you have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. So he's saying, basically what the guy was saying seemed okay, apart from buying, that could have been ignorance. Could have been just total ignorance. But Peter is saying, no, your heart's not right, man. Your heart is not right. You, you have no part in this. So he's publicly rebuking him. And then he tells him what to do. He says, repent, therefore, of this wickedness. Wow, strong words. This guy's supposed to be a believer, a new convert. <laughs> and Peter's really grilling him. He's saying, repent of this wickedness and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. In other words, what you are thinking in your heart is totally wrong. And you need to repent. In fact, you're in sin. Because if you're in sin, you need to repent. And he's calling it wickedness. Wickedness. He says, I see. How could he see? He heard a few words. How could he see? By the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. So by the power of the Holy Spirit, he could see into Simon's heart. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit sometimes. He will give you a glimpse into the heart of somebody and what they are thinking. And then Simon answered and said, pray, for the, pray to the Lord for me. But Peter's basically saying, no, you repent, you pray. And he's saying, no, you do it for me. He's used to people doing things for him. Peter's basically saying, no, you do it yourself. You know, Peter spoke the truth in love here. This is tough love. He spoke the truth in love to him. This is what this guy needed to hear. Maybe you and I don't need to hear it that strongly, but he absolutely did. Why? Because Peter was trying to make a strong hold in his life because of his past. If we go back to verse 9, it'll show you 
where this man came from and why he said this. There was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great. So there's pride. There's a power source that's not of God here because it's sorcery. And it says, to whom they all gave heed. They all listened to him. They all followed him. He was like a guru to these guys. He was like the local magician who could do whatever they wanted. From the least to the greatest, everybody followed him, listened to him. And this is what they said. This man is the great power of God. It should be a little g. They said this man is the great power of God. Not he has great power from God. But they were saying he is the power of God. And so can you imagine when people say things to you all the time, they build you up. Imagine his ego. Imagine the pride that he had. And, you know, who knows how he got his power. He got his power from Satan, obviously. Maybe he got his power from mind-altering drugs. Who knows? But he had the wrong power source. But it was enough to overpower the people and to have them to follow him. And so when uh, Philip came and he preached and everybody believed what he was saying, they believed the gospel. And then they saw the Holy Spirit power was greater than this power. Then he said, well, I want this too. I'll keep what I've got but I'll also have this. In fact, I'll buy it from you. That's why Peter said, no, no, no. You've missed the point. You've missed the point. You need to repent. And so sometimes when we say, give me this, it may be for the total wrong reasons. And that's why I wanted to share this. You know, this guy, he believed. It says he believed. It says he was baptized. It says he followed Philip and saw all the signs and wonders. But there was no transformation in his heart. There was no real change in his heart. And sadly, that can happen. There are people who sometimes believe, they can be baptized, they can be sitting in the meetings, but their hearts are not transformed and they don't understand the workings of the living God and of the kingdom of God. And there needs to be repentance. But let's have a look at some good examples here of people who asked with a right motive. Okay, this is a story, this is part of a story where Caleb, you remember Caleb and Joshua, the two spies went into the land with 10 others. Joshua and Caleb came back with a good report and said, yes, Israel can win this, we can take the land. And the other 10 said, no, 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 there's giants there. They will destroy us, we're like grasshoppers. They will crush us. And Joshua and Caleb brought good report. The others brought bad report. And as a result of that, the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years on what could have been like an 11-day journey. Okay? But years later, Caleb has come to Joshua. Joshua's the leader now. And he said this, Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord your God. So years before, 
Moses, the leader, had said to Caleb, this land is going to be yours. You and Joshua are the only ones who are faithful to bring a good report. You are the only ones who believe God. And you have wholly followed, completely followed the Lord. And so the promise of that land, the inheritance, was there. So Caleb has come to Joshua, who's now the leader, and the division of the land is happening. Okay? He says, Now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am today, or here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet, I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. <laughs> he says, I haven't aged at all. Not many people can say that. 45 years later, you don't feel like you did when you were 40, okay? But he did. He's an exception to the rule. And there are people who are exceptions to the rules. So he has come and said, look, I'm as strong as ever. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war. In other words, I can still fight. I'm still tough. I can still handle it. Both for going out and for coming in. I can go out to battle and I can come back victorious. That's what he's saying. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. In other words, this land, God promised me. Give it to me. Give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day. In other words, Josh, you were there, man. You're a witness. You heard in that day how the Anakim were there, the giants. You know they were there. And that the cities were great and fortified. He said, you and I both saw what they all saw. You saw it with me. And then he says this, it may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. He had great faith. His secret of his strength and his faith was that he wholly followed the Lord and he was rewarded. God kept his word. God kept his word. Whatever God has spoken to you, he will keep his word to you. He speaks individually to us. He will say different things to you than he says to me. But whatever God has promised, if we wholly follow him, we will be rewarded. We will be rewarded. Even though he was supposedly old, he was strong. You know, at the time, uh, Joshua was about the same age. They were about in their 80s, 85 he was. They lived about another 30 plus years. So they were strong and their faith was strong as well. You know, sometimes we will follow the Lord. It says he wholly followed the Lord. Sometimes people will follow the Lord half-heartedly. Sometimes they will follow the Lord only sometimes. Sometimes when they're needy, they will follow the Lord. But then you don't see them until they have another need. Was he boasting when he said, I wholly followed the Lord? No, he wasn't. He was just repeating what Moses had said. Moses said, you wholly followed God. You will be rewarded. What do people say about you? 
What do people say about me? What do they say? Wow, he or she really loves the Lord. They are solid in God. What do they say about us? And he, because he followed the Lord, wasn't afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask the Lord. God, what you have for me, release it in your timing. Release all that you have for me. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Someone else who asked as well, give me this with the right heart attitude. In 2 Chronicles in chapter 1 and verse 7, it says that Solomon had come to the tabernacle of the Lord and they'd offered a thousand burnt offerings to worship the Lord. And it says in verse 7, on that night, God appeared to Solomon and he said to him, ask, what shall I give you? Wow, amazing. What if God turned up tonight and said that to you? Ask, what shall I give you? And this is what Solomon answered. Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this great people of yours? He's basically saying, you've given me the job and I really don't know how to do it. <laughs> so I need your help. You know, who's got a new job? Who's got a new job? And you don't really know how to do it. You've started a new course of study. You don't quite know how to do it. Ask God. Ask him for wisdom. Ask him for knowledge. Ask him for the help, okay? Because we don't know everything about everything, but he does. So Solomon, in his wisdom, asked for wisdom and knowledge. And then God said to him, because this was in your heart, here we go again, I'm always talking about the heart. Because this was in your heart, and you have not asked for riches, or wealth, or honour, or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, but you have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I've made you king. So he's basically saying, you haven't asked in a selfish manner. This is not about you. This is about you doing a good job for me and for my people. So he's saying, because you haven't asked for money, you know, a lot of people, the first thing they'll ask for is money. Oh, Lord, I need more money. Lord, I need more time. These things are in his hands. But he said, you didn't ask for these things. Therefore, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. In other words, it's yours. Wisdom is yours. Knowledge is yours. And on top of that, I'll give you riches and wealth and honour, such as none of the kings have had who were before you, nor shall any after you have the like. So that's an incredible promise. Because you ask with a right heart attitude, I'm going to go the extra mile for you. I'm going to bless you on top of that. So when we ask the Lord for things, let's be very cognizant in future what we're asking for and why we're asking for it. Why are we asking? What's really in our heart? You know, sometimes we can think we're so holy and we're so good, but the Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked 
above all things. So we could be being very self-centered, very self-righteous and very selfish. So let's ask in the right manner. So if you ask and you don't receive, why? Why? Here's why. In the book of James chapter 4 verse 3 it says you ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss. In other words, you're not asking in the right manner. That you may spend it on your pleasures. In other words, it's for you. It's for you personally. It's not for the benefit of anyone else. And then he says this, adulterers and adulteresses. In other words, unfaithful. That's what it means. Unfaithful. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? He's saying people who want things for themselves all the time, selfish people, are unfaithful. They are friends of the world. <coughs> Friendship with the world is enmity with God. If you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. There's, it's black and white. There's no in-between here. Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. These are very strong words, strong words, but nevertheless, it's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. The world will try and entice us. It's all about self. You deserve it. Sometimes you hear advertisements, you deserve it. We don't get what we deserve, thank God. <laughs> and the last verse that I want to go to in, is in 1 John. The last one was, you have not because but this one is you can have because now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know he hears us whatever we ask we know we have the petitions that we've asked of him so when you're praying God's will and not your own you know, that was the great prayer of Jesus. Not my will, but thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will. His will and not ours. Our will is we are demanding, like Simon, demanding. I'll pay for it. Give me this power. He was demanding the power instead of requesting. We should never demand. We should request and ask in a right manner before the Lord. Father, we just thank you for your word tonight. Lord, we thank you that you have given us your word. The entrance of your word brings light. Lord, I pray that you would bring to light any things in our heart that may be wicked maybe, that may be selfish, self-seeking, not pleasing to you. Lord, help us to say that brave prayer. Lord, don't give me what I want. Give me what I need. Don't give me what I want because it may destroy me. Give me what I need because it will help me. It will advance me. It will bring me closer to you. It will make me more like you. Lord, bring that change in our lives. 
give us the things that we have need of to glorify you. Give us a heart that is open. Give us ears that are open. Give us hands that are open. Help us to represent you well. To represent you well. Give us the power of the Holy Spirit to be a blessing to many. Just like you were, and just like your disciples after you. Help us to follow on in your footsteps till you come back again. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. If anyone wants prayer tonight, I want to pray with you. Otherwise, have an awesome week. God bless you. Thank you for coming to the house of the Lord and worshiping Him. Bye, everyone.